Welcome to the Leadership Showcase of the First Nations LNG Alliance. I'm your host, Stuart Muir. We'll be talking about all things LNG, that's liquefied natural gas, in British Columbia on this show, and the First Nations that are involved in developing a new industry that is getting a cleaner form of fuel to a world that desperately needs clean energy solutions. Today, our guest on Leadership Showcase is Eva Clayton. Eva, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Your role as president of the Nishka national government is one that carries a lot of responsibility for it, but you also have a lot of other fellow members of the Nishka who are part of the leadership. Today, I'm going to be asking you a few things about uh, what what it means to be in the role you're in. I'd like to find out a little more uh, about the Nishka people in 2022 and where you live and uh, what what the future is that you see. So thanks for coming on to talk about these things. Thank you for having me. Eva Clayton, tell me a little about Nisca people. And uh, first of all, where is the nation located? The uh, Nisca are proud people. We're located in the uh, beautiful Nash Valley, north of Terrace, BC. Our population is approximately uh, 8,022, and uh, it continues to grow. Mm-hmm. We no longer refer to our lands as reserves. Uh, we refer to our lands as Niska Village lands. Of the uh, total population, we have citizens residing in one of the four Niska villages in the urban areas, out of country, out of province, or in one of the three Niska urban locals that have established themselves under the BC Societies Act. And that would be Terrace, known as Kitlachtach, Prince Rupert, known as Kitmachmachai, and Vancouver, Amex, Nisco local. So really spread out all over the place. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, you're responsible for this whole group, no matter where they live. Is that right? Uh, yes, under Nisco government. Nisco government is uh, made up of the Nisco Lissom's government executive um, committee. And the four villages, chief councillors and its councils from Gilakdamix, located in New Ayanch, Gitwansuk, located in Gitwansuk, and Lakult App, located in um, Lakult App, what was formerly um, Greenville, BC, and Gitkengorth, formerly known as Kinkola. Those are the uh, four Nisko village governments that assist in overseeing. Mm-hmm. of the uh, population. Now, a lot of people will be aware it's about 25 years now since a historic occasion took place. It was extraordinary uh, at the time and remains a historic step in modern-day treaty-making in BC. Can you tell me about the making of the Nishka Treaty? The road to um, Nishka Treaty was a long, hard-fought a battle for our people. Many leaders have come and gone to get to where we are today. And it was our forefathers who rose to face the challenges to get the recognition our people and Indigenous peoples in Canada so deserved. And it was well over 100 years. Not an easy um, feat. There were many challenges and barriers encountered as our forefathers fought that long, hard battle. Mm-hmm. And who were they fighting with to reach this accomplishment? What were the, the kinds of struggles well, you had? Uh, what the um, nation faced, what the Nishkat nation faced to get to where we are, to get the understanding of all 
if not the world, Canadians to understand what uh, First Nations were about, to understand the uh, plight of the First Nations, and to understand that we have rights as well. And so when we entered into um, treaty negotiations, at the outset it was with Canada. And it took a while for um, British Columbia to join. That was one of the uh, challenges to, to get the BC to um, join the negotiations. And it was uh, a very exciting, happy day for the nation when the BC eventually joined the table. And the rest is history. It, it was history. I remember it at the time. I was, at that time, a journalist and editor at the Vancouver Sun. We gave it extensive coverage. We had a team of journalists who uh, attended when the Prime Minister and the Premier went to the, the Lissom's lands of the Nishka Nation and took part. Wasn't there a poll raising at the time to signify the importance of that step? Uh, yes, there was. What um, now stands out in the um, in front of the government building is the totem pole, mm-hmm. uh, signifying that. You know, one of the phrases I heard, Eva, at the time was the common bowl. It was a translation, I think, of Lissom's into English. And I've always wanted to ask what that means, the common bowl. I mean, to me, I have a picture of maybe people sitting around the table and they're sharing food as a family, as a clan, and and they're having it from a common bowl. It's something that everyone does. We can all relate to that. Can you tell me a little more about the the significance of of the name Lissoms in your culture? For the name Lissoms, Lissoms is the um, name of the uh, Nass River, but the common bowl arose out of the um, treaty where um, many of our chieftains have placed their, um, their ngosks, what we call ngosks, but were pieces of land where they harvested the, the fruits of the land. And they put it into the common bowl. They will still always be there, but they're in a common bowl for all to share. Is that a philosophy of how you operate the government today? Uh, yes. The other philosophy is that um, we walk together as one. It's like Ilm God, one heart, one path, and one nation. Wow. You know, I've, I'm so glad to finally get some clarification on that. I've always wanted to ask you about that. So thanks for, for explaining it. And it, it tells me a lot about the approach that you've taken in your time as president, uh, which is quite a while now. How long have you been in the role? This is my second term. I think 2022 marks five, going on six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I come to this position with a lot of knowledge and a lot of uh, history and experience working with uh, all of our late great leaders. You might be referring to Joseph Gosnell. He was the Nishka Tribal Council president back in the time of the treaty being signed, back in 1998. You know, at the time, he called that treaty a symbol of hope and reconciliation between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal Canadians. Do those words still ring true for you today? Oh, yes. And even before Dr. Gosnell, I worked with his late brother, James. Mm -hmm. You know, those were very profound words of the late Dr. Joseph Gosnell. The road to reconciliation is a work in progress, not only by Canada, but the uh, Indigenous people. And It's really a matter of how we determine our road to reconciliation. Only then will we be able to measure the road to reconciliation. And with each Indigenous group, that's really what we would have to do. 
So is it different for each and every indigenous group? And we, in British Columbia alone, there are over 200 different First Nations. Is, is it really unique uh, in each path? It's unique in some circumstances, but not all. I'll give you an example of my thoughts and my opinion on mm. um, this. Thank you. When we think about the um, profound words of Dr. Joseph Gosnell, the Niska Treaty is a symbol of reconciliation between ourselves and our non-Aboriginal Canadians as well as with our treaty partners. That's what I mean. Not everyone in BC has a modern-day treaty. That's why I'm saying with every First Nation, it's going to be not a separate, but probably a work in progress for each one of us to ensure that we have that reconciliation defined to meet the needs of every particular Indigenous group. You know, there's a lot of wisdom in those what may sound like simple words. And when you talk about this as being a treaty among these different peoples, I think there's really something important here for me. I'm not an Indigenous person, Eva. My mm -hmm. forebears are from the British Isles. And, and you've kind of said that everyone's part of this, you know, and, and I feel as if I'm part of that treaty too, because the government of Canada, government of British Columbia, and that I maybe in that sense have my end of the bargain as well. And the road to reconciliation is how I, as such a person, could be part of that. Do you think that's something you would agree with? You know, me as, as your interviewer today, feeling that I have a responsibility in reconciliation that it comes out of the treaty. Oh, yes, yes. I would um, definitely agree because it's going to be a responsibility of all Canadians and all Indigenous groups to make it work. Yeah, it's not going to just fall on um, the Canadian governments but it'll also and the uh, Indigenous people, but it'll also fall on all Canadians to make it work. You know, recently I had the privilege to attend a speech by a distinguished former elected leader, that being... Jody Wilson-Raybould, of course, she's served as Justice Minister of Canada and has left politics now. Of course, there's a big backstory to that. We could, I'm not here to talk about that. But she said something that was really powerful and I've been thinking about a lot. And she said, there's a role for in-betweeners in reconciliation. In-betweeners are those who are between these different worlds who can be part of taking down the silo walls that are keeping us apart and maybe keeping us from reaching true reconciliation. And I think aspiring to be an in-betweener is very much in the treaty spirit for someone like myself, as someone who's not Indigenous, but who wants to be part of whatever barriers you think are there. You know, how can we get these out of your way so that the national people and all peoples can determine what it is they want and be able to get there on their own terms which are not for anyone else to decide. Mm -hmm. does, does, does that term in-betweeners resonate with you? It does when you think about um, what Jody was uh, speaking about without uh, really hearing the full explanation of that or a speech about it. I can see where she was going with that. Yes. Eva, I'd like to ask, what signs of progress do you see in recent times on the road to reconciliation? For the uh, NISCA, it would be the um, implementation of the uh, NISCA Treaty. And when you say implementation? Implementation uh, of the uh, NISCA Treaty is not going to take one year. It's not going to take two years. 
it's going to be a continuing process because implementation of the treaty is going to take three parties in Scotland, BC and Canada. Part of that, why I say that, it would be a sign of progress um, for us on the road to reconciliation is because, as Dr. Gosnell couldn't put it any better, it is a symbol of hope and reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you think could be done to strengthen this progress and, and process? For for the NISFA, it would be great to have had the implementation um, strategy for uh, all parties to be uh, coming together to be truly reconciling in terms of um, our treaty. It's important for our, our people and our government to know that we have the ear of our treaty partners uh, when it comes to implementation of the uh, NISCA treaty. I'm getting the sense that there maybe is a little bit of work to be done in that area. Oh, yes. Um, it's all good. Uh, communication is always key. Communication mm-hmm. is, it's not uh, new. Communication um, improvements need are needed in all aspects of government. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for our government as well. Well, I know you're working tirelessly and you have throughout your terms in leadership in doing exactly that from your end. It certainly is something that I notice in hearing about the activities of your government. Mm-hmm. I'd like to change the pace a little bit now, if I may, because your nation has proposed with some non-Indigenous partners to develop some infrastructure that's part of the future of global climate to develop uh, cleaner forms of energy available to more people around the world. And in this case, we're talking about a proposal for a floating LNG. LNG stands for liquefied natural gas or natural gas mm-hmm. terminal on the northwest coast uh, where where the Nishka people have always resided. Where did this idea come from? The uh, Nishka Nation has been uh, actively uh, pursuing uh, LNG development since 2014. Nisqalism's government is involved and continues to be involved in every aspect of Nisqalism's LNG. And uh, this is done at arm's length. We continue to provide updates to Nisqa citizens. And this arose out of the need for Nisqalism's government and the foresight of our uh, leaders of the day to begin the arduous work of establishing an economic base for which will ultimately lead to economic prosperity, not just for the Niskanesan, but for the North. And how would this project in particular provide that economic base that you uh, would like to have? It would, uh, it would uh, not only provide jobs, but the um, revenues coming in would uh, feed into um, the dreams of the uh, nation, of what we want, how we want to move forward. Well, there's no question, if you look around the world today, that having energy commodities available is something that every country aspires to. We're seeing in the troubles in Europe that if you look behind, always you have this question of where does energy come from because it's the thing that all of our societies run on. And for those who do have access, especially to the the cleaner alternative forms, and natural gas recently was defined by the European Union government as being, when it's used in, in certain ways, a clean energy fuel, which is an extraordinary statement about how energy really works. I mean, that's why countries in Asia 
are wanting to get Canadian natural gas. I've certainly spoken to many, and I know that you've had a lot of years in the field here. Is there anything you've ever heard from people across Asia, and that's who wants to buy Canadian gas from the Pacific, as to why they would want Canadian gas, how it would fit in to their commitments under the Paris Accord, their aspirations to have less greenhouse gas pollution? Um, what have you learned about this in your years, Eva? I've learned that the uh, future of the uh, LNG market um, is looking uh, optimistic. The uh, Asian, de- Asian demand is there. Of course, there are expectations for the demand to rise. But with the work of various organizations and with Clean uh, Energy BC, there are ways to make that uh, work for that demand. Mm-hmm. I know that you joined the First Nations Climate Initiative, the FNCI. I wonder if you could tell me what this is all about. The uh, First Nations uh, Climate Initiative, FNCI, is an initiative of the Heisler Nation, Metacatla First Nation, and the Niska Nation uh, to collaborate on the uh, development of a uh, greenhouse gas and climate change mitigation strategy. The goal of the FNCI is to develop a policy framework that would facilitate the development of LNG on the northwest coast in a way that would support the Paris Climate Accord, one that you referred to. Mm-hmm. And uh, that policy framework will be key to gain support from BC and Canada for other or even for another LNG project on the coast. We often hear uh, that stewardship of the environment is rightly a value in any industrial development that we see. But stewardship is also a historic strength of the Nishka people. I mean, it's really what you're all about. I wonder, in the case of the Nishka being the stewards of an LNG project so that it does protect the environment, what some of the considerations are when you are making your plans? The Nishka have long been, as you stated, the stewards of our um, land, and we will continue to protect our environment and our lands. Together with our knowledge about our lands and the environment, along with Chapter 10 of our treaty, we can continue to uh, be the stewards of our lands, even with the proposed LNG project, because we will be the ones in the driver's seat. I'd like to close our interview today with Eva Clayton by asking you, President Clayton, what makes you proud to be a member of the Nishka Nation? I'm very proud to be a member of the Nisqalism's government at this point because not only was I um, working in the background of um, the uh, treaty negotiations, I'm now in government working on the implementation of the uh, treaty. So I come to this table very um, knowledgeable about what our leaders wanted and what um, they wanted for our nation to be truly self-governing and to be responsible for ourselves. And my hope for the uh, Nisqat is to continue to move forward in a way that our grandfathers and our grandmothers and our esteemed leaders wanted us to walk. They wanted us to walk together on the road to self-government as well as in the spirit of Saik Ilam God. That's one heart, one path, one nation. This government will continue to evolve, and we must evolve with government. You've built this on a foundation 
of knowledge and, and wisdom that you've been talking about today. Final question before we leave Leadership Showcase today, Eva, is what do you hope for the young people coming out in the future who are members of your nation? What I would like for the um, youth is to get actively involved with Niskalism's government. We have a, um, a competitor right now, and that's resource development. Whether it's in the mining, whether it's in Kitimat LNG, we have many of our young people leaving for employment. We have some employment on our, uh, in our territory, but it's mainly um, government and um, small business entrepreneurship. But many of our youth are finding themselves leaving home to get that employment and education. So it would be great to have them back. We're working diligently to provide the homes for them to come back to participate and become the legislators. And to be the stewards of those gorgeous lands on the Nass exactly. River. Exactly, to be, to be the stewards. And um, as we build our Chapter 10, the environment um, chapter of our treaty, we'd like to have our, our youth in charge of all of that, to become the stewards of the land. Well, there's a lot to think about there. And a closing note for me is that it seems increasingly to be about finding balance in all the conversations that I've been having on the Leadership Showcase and again, we've heard that today. So, President Eva Clayton of the Niska Nation Government, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure.